to the Development Policy Centre podcast. I'm Ashley Betteridge. Daisy Planer has been working for Medicine Sons Frontiers for more than a decade, starting out as a social worker on a program for street children in Manila. She has since gone on to work in Indonesia, Zimbabwe, Uganda, Uzbekistan and Nigeria on a number of challenging humanitarian projects. In July 2012, she moved to Papua New Guinea to take on the role of project coordinator for MSF's Family Support Centre in Ley. Now Daisy will take up a new challenge as the first CEO of the PNG Family and Sexual Violence Case Management Centre, which is currently in the setup phase. I recently spoke with Daisy on her previous work, the family and sexual violence epidemic in PNG, and the need for this new project. I work for a year uh, with uh, MSF Doctors Without Borders and uh, I was the project coordinator. Uh, what we usually uh, aim to provide in that project is uh, uh, focus on medical care and psychological care. So it's a combination in which uh, very first thing in I think in PNG and uh, Having said the, the 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 care that we are providing, uh, it is somehow very limited on it. Though it's achieved a lot already in the past six years, I think it's it's really moved a lot of of uh, NGO, a lot of uh, local people that that uh, pushing to change the situation about gender-based violence and PNG. Uh, to actually wake up and say that this is now the time to you know to improve our situation, mm-hmm. and I think that's the greatest contribution of that project. And though it is very limited in medical and psychological, but uh, that project also produced a lot of documentation, database. So it's a service-based uh, uh, service-based uh, reports that we are producing. And uh, so far, uh, PNG has no um, database or data that they can look up really to, to, to identify the, the degree, the level of uh, violence and to analyze it accordingly. So I think, again, that's the greatest contribution that MSF is doing in, mm. in the government itself. Uh, previously, even bef- before MSF starts, it is considered as accident cases, so recorded right. as accident. But now, uh, at least there's a point where they can say it is uh, violence against women or children. But of course, it's not only women and children. We have mm-hmm. also cases of men. Yeah. And uh, there was a guidelines, FSB guidelines. MSF is working with it with uh, different uh, stakeholder, government uh, monitoring body like CIMC. And until now, they are still working on it. But uh, yeah, it is... Uh, contributes really to push forward the issue of uh, gender-based violence to be looked at by many actors and somehow maybe hopefully the government itself of PNG. For those that might not be familiar with this area, what, what is case management? What does that involve? Yeah, case management will involve a lot of uh, sectors in the society. Uh, we will not be uh, only dealing on uh, supporting the patients or clients to access medical and psychological care from the family support center, but we would like to uh, 
to pull all the resources that are available like the the law and justice sector there's a lot of committed people actually you know in court the prosecutors and uh, they are there and they they they're part already of uh, lay council advisory actually mm-hmm. and um, a social welfare because in the issue of uh, for example uh, violence committed to women and children uh, you need to somehow to protect them by accessing the interim protection order you know, to, to at least to prevent from further harm and uh, uh, we need also to have some safe house uh, services while we realize or assess upon assessing that uh, sending the patient home will put uh, the patients in further harm. So we need to access all those uh, resources and make them available for the patients. So it's, in, in I think, in, in short, uh, being a resource organization uh, for the patients to, uh, to make everything as much as possible, all the necessary, um, necessary support that she may be needed once she step in into a clinic and being uh, supported by caseworkers. Right, so taking that work that's already been done in establishing the, the health and psychosocial services and moving that yeah, to the far, next step. Far, yeah, farther than uh, medical psychosocial. What's the scope of the challenge for those that might not be uh, aware of the situation about family and sexual violence in PNG? I think uh, I, I was there for, for a year, you know, and when I arrived, it's already like a uh, topic of not only of the town, but it's topic for the whole nation. Mm-hmm. And uh, But in a way, I observed that there are more and more uh, uh, local engagement from the community people, community women, youth leaders, and committee leaders to, you know, to push the issue of gender-based violence and a lot of women leaders actually uh, trying to, to push bills, trying trying to, to pass laws and push laws to be legalized by the government, PNG government, to be able to protect more of the women, more of the survivors. The CMC will be, the, the objective is actually to link more on uh, different stakeholders that are dealing with FSV uh, cases, as well as strengthening the local capacity of people, uh, not only the, the future workers of CMC, because they will be all local, and uh, dealing more on the community level, uh, strengthening more the leadership of uh, uh, community people and uh, empowering them to address their own issue at the end of the day. How did this idea come together to start working on establishing a CMC? Yeah, I think that was in uh, somewhere in October when MSF uh, asked for project evaluation because we are uh, thinking of, not thinking, but actually it is part of our MSF exit strategy to before closing is at least to have a project evaluation to, to see uh, what exactly the outcome of the project and what are the, the challenges, the remains challenges, what are the, the, the success yeah, that we, we can compile uh, as a lesson learned that we can adapt 
when we are we are planning to open a new project so we try to learn everything as much as possible mm-hmm. from the first project that has been established by M7 Lay and after a few months of evaluation uh, uh, during during that evaluation and the evaluation paper showed that actually there are gaps like legal you know that MSF has been successful very well, very much in providing medical and psychosocial care and uh, pushing issue by having those kind of uh, interventions. Um, But somehow uh, uh, it still has a lot of gaps in uh, in terms of providing other services because it doesn't only ends on medical and psychological care, especially in the issue of uh, survivors. Uh, they need farther, you know. Uh, after the medical and psychological intervention, they may need safe house. Uh, they may they they may need uh, interim protection order or support from the police. They need to file report to the police and. Uh, they need to push the case in court as well if it is the case of rape or uh, severe physical injuries. So uh, those are the gaps that has been uh, identified during the writing of the evaluation and uh, uh, somehow uh, we have seen that medical and psychological care has been successful and well established but we uh, hope that uh, soon there will be a model that uh, care would be available not only the medical and psychological side but the rest of, of care that is needed by the patients. I think uh, we handled one case a, a case of I think uh, a, a very young lady uh, she was abducted from the airport and uh, she was forced to live with uh, a man and she was hidden like six hours away from from uh, Lay City, and after, of course, after a few months, she gave uh, she became pregnant, and uh, she gave birth to after a, after nine months, she gave birth to a child, and then uh, they the man moved her from the uh, uh, place where she was being hidden and moved to Lay City, but still uh, still hidden, uh, luck and uh, being sexually abused every day, beaten every day, uh, not allowed even to have a dress. She's almost every day naked. And uh, and after almost, I think, more than a year of being, being uh, uh, hidden and uh, uh, locked up, uh, she did manage to, to escape, escape from, from that man. And the first thing that uh, she did was to uh, to actually access medical and psychological care in the family support center. So she was taken there. She was uh, treated medically. She was uh, all the medical procedures has been done. Psychological counseling has been done. But you can really see how much uh, psychological impact uh, the the abuse. Uh, 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 to, to the lady because mm-hmm. she cannot sit. You know, every every noise that she will hear, she will be jumping. She become paranoid, and she will be saying that the man has a gun, so she will come. You know, 
and simply shoot us here. So for us, we are also afraid of our, you know, of our security. And at that time, I need to handle the case because, of course, caseworker will be afraid already, and they need to call me attention because security matter. I need to deal with the with with as one of my obligation. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, we need an, inter- an intervention of the police, but at the time, police uh, were busy, so there was no one to attend. We tried to call our other partners, but they are out of town, and suddenly I realized one, one police that really supports us, uh, she's from juvenile uh, department. She said, okay, I'll come. In five minutes, she came, and then she did the interview. She did the interview, but at the end, the case was so complicated because uh, she cannot... It was too late already, so we need to refer the from the police and the family support center. We need to refer the case to the safe house, but the safe house is not even safe. So upon upon safe the, the upon knowing the the incident and the the case of the lady, the safe house even says like I'm not comfortable. Right. You know? So even the after safe a house night, yeah, even even secure. after a night of her staying, safe house said, but we refer her for for a night. Uh, the safe house accepted her, but they noticed that there were men, you know, roaming around safe house and looking at maybe she was being looked out by by the man, and they have a group, and uh, the man I think, as she mentioned, was a leader of a gang where they rob, like, you know, all these crimes that is happening. So uh, after a, a, a night. Safe house was, you know, no, we, can, we cannot accept her anymore. Okay. Our fence is not strong enough, you know, they can just cut. And when they have a gun, what can we do? We are also normal people, you know. We are not superhuman to, to take all the bullets and whatsoever. And, mm-hmm. and because maybe she's really paranoid, you know, keep on telling how, 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 how afraid she is about this man and about the group of men and having man, the, gun, the, the man having gun. So... Safe house, we cannot accept her anymore. So I talk again with uh, with the police. So what we will do now? And MSF at the time had no. We we ended up our repatriation program because right. it's somehow quite expensive to fly person, and then at the end of the day they will come back. You know, there were some right. a lot of stories like that. So, so is that a big part of the problem that people that women have been moved from their villages? And... But, uh, very uh, very few. Very few, oh, okay. very, very few, few cases, but we stopped it because uh-huh. we felt that uh, it's not our, you know, it should not be. As I said, we are medical and psychological care. Mm-hmm. We are a medical organization. It should be taken part by other partner organization. But at the time, there was no. So uh, uh, I discussed with, uh, with the medical coordinator because uh, I cannot do further decision when it comes to finance, when it comes to further, you know, when it's cut, it's cut. Mm-hmm. So I discussed with medical coordinator, and medical coordinator said it's fine if it's about security. So we have money, you know, we have money, we can send her home. But the problem is the safety, because where we are, it's only three, after three nights, we, and then it's only possible because all the police procedure needs to be taken, and and safe house refused, so where will we put the, <laughs> you know, the woman? Not in the hospital, definitely. So the good thing was the police officer, the one that interviewed her, really supported us, and that lady stayed actually in her office together with her for the, for the next three nights. Oh. So, you know, because there's no way. There, there's no way to, to go. 
and after that the next problem would be how we will how we will transport this lady now we have the money we can buy her the boat ticket or whatever the bus ticket but then how we will transport her because uh, uh, it, it's too it's too crucial you know it's too insecure for everyone now mm-hmm. and we cannot ask her to come in the clinic from time to time because we will be putting all our staff at risk because we don't know who are these perpetrators. We have seen already a lot of men roaming around the clinic also. So as much as possible, we minimize her visiting the and having, having the counseling even from the clinic because we really would like to, you know, uh, the perpetrators to see that we are not involved anymore for the safety of our staff. So at the end, to have a final, because it's, I think for me, I, 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 we, we as MSF have done enough you know, as medical and psychological provider. And that is more on the law and justice and more on the police and more on other stakeholders to respond. But at that time, it's all individual, you know, collection of effort. Mm -hmm. So what we did is I called for a case conference and discussed the case and all prosecutors, all police that are responding to the FSB case. And also, I think... uh, other welfare organization or other welfare representative were there and suddenly we come up like okay we will ask uh, the, the the car of you know of the uh, commander-in-chief because there's a car actually allocated for this kind of case but there's no fuel so okay th- there's some money you know for for that uh, thing and then uh, you can use that money uh, you can buy fuel and send her so i think the next day she was sent by by the car itself so there was a good you know, solution come out from individual and yet it become um, uh, collected at the end of the day. So that's how actually challenge uh, the creation of CMC, that it is possible. Mm-hmm. It is possible that uh, for the moment uh, MSF is doing a lot of work, but then there's a lot of individual, you know, sitting in the law and justice, sitting in the welfare, sitting in, you know, police sectors that have this individual commitment, very strong commitment. And if you will collect all those and make us one effort, collective effort, I think that would be really beneficial for for the survivors itself. So that is actually, hopefully, that would be the line and that would be the aim of CMC. It sounds like a, a challenging task, but it does sound like there's, there's that hope there because there are those people mm. in the community working on these yeah. issues. Mm true because even local people you know uh, i i was i i had one story actually uh, there's a lady but uh, the but i have no permission to use but then uh, this lady is a local volunteer local advocate and she really brought the patients you know uh, in the clinic even in spite of the risk that mm-hmm. uh, she might be facing from the husband because I think the husband is related into uh, police uh, service, and uh, she she carried the lady, you know, and she said, "I don't care, <laughs> I don't care." But this lady needs help. This lady needs medical attention. This lady needs further support. So I need to bring her in. I think a lot of people here, a lot of. Uh Negative stories coming mm. out of PNG, but mm. hearing about that, mm. people in the community mm. trying to work on these really mm. challenging mm. issues is, is a good no, thing. I think it's not about uh, uh, just because they don't want to do anything, but because they are very well aware of 
of what exactly is the 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 level of of violence committed against women and children but i think there are a lot of a situation in which they are not informed very well about the laws, about uh, uh, about other uh, uh, possible uh, interventions that actually they can extend, mm. you know, because we do training to the community leaders, and after the training, they would really appreciate the training, and they said that uh, you awaken us to see that we as men can do actually more for our women by, by respecting who they are in the society. So there's a hope. <laughs> and I think it's the start also for PNG, like other nations, like other countries, you know, we should not be, uh, for me personally, I don't want to say that Philippines has no violence because there is violence, but I think what we have is also functional services that are available for the survivors. And maybe way back 50, 100 years, it's forced, you know. And maybe it's time for PNG to move and to open this discussion and to take more uh, challenging interventions and support for them. They're awakened, a lot of people are awakened, but they need some other also to hold them and, you know, collaborate with them. Are there any other sort of case management type services operating in PNG at the moment that you're aware of, or will this be the first? I think, uh, like the, I think in terms of the concept of CMC, uh, combining all services, I'm not aware of yet. So it's either FECs, medical, psychological, referral to other services, but very limited because we are not legal, you know, MSF is not a legal uh, organization. Uh, I, I have heard few, but more on social and legal, but not medical, you know. So it's always like uh, there are different strong points, but then the combination itself, it seems that it will be the, this will be the first one. Uh, that's the reason why this uh, this this project would be also research based because I think uh, the medical and psychological approach has been already tested as proven, you know. Uh, but then uh, we would like to create another model that could carry, you know, and uh, duplicate and replicate because if that would be successful, and I think that would really help a lot of survivors by having this kind of uh, program. Uh, we have already security risk by providing medical and psychological care as experience I have with MSF. So now you will you will really into you know perpetrators cases, pushing cases to the police, referring patients to the police, pushing cases to documentation to court, you know, for the cases to be litigated or to be seen by prosecutors. So that would be really uh, a challenge, I think, security-wise, because. Uh, working with CMC, I will be only one as international, while when I was working with MSF, I used to have three more people. It's a new organization, you know, there will be a lot of expectation, there will be a lot of uh, uh, people that will be looking at what would be the outcome of this organization. They may be quiet, there may be also a lot of words to, be, to come out, you know, so we cannot appreciate, uh, we cannot make people really happy and everything so we, we will expect a lot of comments good comments also I'm preparing actually myself for that already so so how how you could handle those you know you have been listening to a podcast from the development policy center for more information on our work visit our website at devpolicy.anu.edu.au 
To join the conversation on Australian aid, Papua New Guinea and the Pacific, and global development policy, visit our blog at devpolicy.org. At the blog, you can also sign up to our newsletter for all the latest updates or connect with us on social media. Thanks for listening.